Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, January 2021 was an incredibly tough month. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Continuing on from the previous year, it's been a tough journey for most people to deal with. But we can still find happiness amongst all the turmoil, stress and uncertainty. There are little things you can do every single day to make sure you're reaching your happiness quota. And I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Real Health, Dr. Clodagh Campbell, aka the wellness psychologist, is going to help us get happier over the next 30 minutes or so. Dr. Clodagh Campbell, welcome to Real Health. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Carl. I'm happy to be here. So I ask everyone this at the moment. How's life? How's life been over the course of the last 12 months or so? Oh, gosh, I suppose for all of us, we're just trying to take it one day at a time and get through. It's such an abnormal uh, situation to be in. And on top of the pandemic, I was pregnant and recently had a little girl as well. So we've had all of those changes in our house as well. Um, so I suppose like everybody else, my mood and happiness has been up and down and I've really been trying to, trying to prioritize self-care and looking after myself and looking after my family in the same way that all of us have. And it's been an incredibly busy time, like juggling, you know, uh, a new baby in the house along with all everything else that's been going on is, it has been incredibly hard. I'm sure. It has, it has. And at times it has felt overwhelming for sure. And those are the times that I suppose I've listened to my own advice or followed the own tips that I share and asked for help or talked to friends and family. Um, but it's definitely been, you know, hard. Like like the rest of the country, it hasn't been easy for for me or my family. And you put a huge amount of work into your Instagram account. I know in January you had a program that's been really, really well received, helping people to get happier. Tell us a bit more about that. I suppose throughout connecting with people via Instagram and from my own personal experience, I knew that lockdowns were incredibly hard. It's hard to keep hopeful. It's hard to keep well and to look after yourself. Everything can feel a bit gloomy. Um, So I was thinking, how can I support people through my Instagram to get down this lockdown, which feels like the hardest one, I think. Because, you know, we entered into 2021 full of hope that things would change. And now we've arrived and things aren't much different. So for the 28 days um, from the 4th of January, I shared content every day, psychologically um, proven and scientifically proven research and tips and strategies to help people boost their wellness, boost their mood, lower their anxiety and look after themselves. And what do you think people are finding the hardest to deal with? Uh, is it being you know is it isolation is it lack of social interaction you know what what are people really struggling with I think it's very dependent on people's circumstances but certainly loneliness and lack of social connection is huge a lot of people are experiencing anxiety at the moment as well so related to their health um, related to their loved one's health related to what life will be like when it does eventually go back to feeling somewhat more normal, whether life will ever go back to feeling somewhat more normal. Um, I suppose worrying about how their kids are adapting and doing um, so anxiety, loneliness, 
I suppose people are finding it hard to remain hopeful as well and to, I suppose, keep their mood balanced um, and to to boost their happiness when things do feel so gloomy and doomy, you know? And like, let's, let's take it on to happiness then. Uh, so there are two different types of happiness. And what, what contributes to being happy? Okay, so if we go back to, I suppose, the classic understanding of happiness, we would consider hedonistic and eudaimonic happiness. So hedonistic is the kind of momentary pleasures, the things that are short-lived and that you experience in the present while you are, while it's happening. So the pleasure that food brings us, the pleasure that sex brings, and then versus the eudaimonic happiness. And that's a more authentic, meaningful form of happiness that is longer lived and that boosts our overall well-being and happiness levels more. So that might be through connecting with people. It might be through finding purpose or meaning in our days and in our lives. And all of the, the scientific research, I suppose, backs that latter form of happiness as being the one that brings us our overall well-being and lifts us up. Okay, and can both kind of senses of happiness live together or work together? And should we be looking to kind of tick both boxes? Absolutely. You know, at the moment, I'm trying to boost my happiness by, you know, going for ice cream at the weekends, which is obviously a very hedonistic form of pleasure. Um, Or you hear people having a glass of wine in the evening, you know, there are ways and it is, it does help to boost us. So absolutely, both both of the forms of happiness and both of the ways of boosting our happiness work together. Uh, and it's about finding a balance between the two. Uh, it all boils down to how satisfied we're feeling in life, those little simple moments of pleasure, and then the more extended, longer, meaningful um, happiness that we can create for ourselves. And it's probably important to say that it's about finding for that long-term happiness, what makes you happy, that there isn't kind of one, you know, one, one rule or one thing for everybody. It's about looking at yourself and the things that make you really happy and maybe having, you know, a look in the past at when you were happy and trying to identify what those things were. Absolutely. It is very individualized, but there's been lots of research done on happiness as well. And over the years we have learned, you know, what, makes us the happiest how we can live our lives to boost our happiness and actually there's this there's a study that has been um going on in harvard for over 80 years that shows that the thing that contributes most to our happiness is our relationships wow okay let's let's keep going on that one i'm fascinated by this now because people will be listening in thinking oh really intriguing so the relationships are absolutely crucial and presumably they're you know in terms of friendships as well as partners exactly so our romantic relationships our relationships and connections with our children if we have children with our friends with our family with our parents all of the people that with our colleagues all of the people that we have relationships with and I suppose initially with the study, the Harvard study of human development, they were looking at young males and over an increased period of time, but then they extended it in to include the spouses of the males and the children as well. And what they found is that people who are in meaningful relationships that they feel satisfied in live the longest and live the happiest lives. So the reason it showed that people at the age of 50 who were most satisfied and most happiest in their relationships were again at the age of 80 the happiest 
Okay, so and th- presumably that presents the really big challenge then in terms of relationships and cultivating those relationships in the, the life that we're living now and have lived for the last 12 months. So if you're not living with someone or in a house with people, you have to find ways to really work on those relationships and keep them in your life. Absolutely. So this ties in, I suppose, with how we can aim to boost our happiness and it goes it comes down to habit so habit in relation to our relationships with our family and friends with our faith if you're spiritual it doesn't matter what kind of religion or spirituality that you have and with our work so the effort that we put in to these domains of our life you know the habits of how often we connect with the people how much purpose we find in our work how much value we feel our work is contributing or and when I say work as well it doesn't necessarily have to mean you know in the corporate world it can be you know a mom at home with her children taking pride and feeling fulfillment from the tasks that she does throughout her days and weeks or it might be somebody who's retired that has a sense of purpose from you know how they spend their time the activities that they plan for themselves um so it's the effort that we put in and happiness is something that we create for ourselves you know research shows again that 50 percent of our happiness is through our genetics 10 percent is transient through the circumstances that we are in but 40% is related to our habits the time and energy we put into our actions our behaviors our relationships and finding fulfillment in life okay so even if you are a pessimist for example through all the other 50% you can increase your happiness and improve your happiness exactly and there are ways you know tips and activities that I'll share as well today to help to boost your optimism to help to boost your life satisfaction your happiness um so there's there's always ways that we can boost all of these things you know you're not going to be an eternal pessimist if you try to look after yourself and your well-being and your happiness you're listening to real health with me carl henry in association with leia healthcare and we're going to chat through seven ways to boost happiness. So gratitude, cultivating moments of joy, exercise, meditation, practicing kindness, social support and journaling. And I'm fascinated by these different kind of areas because on their own, they're really, really important. And putting them together, you can really make a big difference to your happiness. We're going to start with gratitude. Talk to me a little bit about that. Gratitude is something that the people who follow me on Instagram will hear me talk about time and again, because it is so strongly correlated with happiness. Time and again, the research shows that our brain responds to gratitude. Our brain changes. It's like when we exercise physically, our muscles change and they strengthen. Gratitude does that in our brain as well. And when we practice gratitude or when we're thankful for something, our prefrontal cortex lights up. And this is the area of our brain that is most linked to happiness. So the more we do it, the more optimistic we feel, the more happy we feel, the more satisfied we are in life and the less room for negativity there is in our days. So, you know, by practicing gratitude, it's simple things that, you know, don't take long, that are free. It might be in the morning thinking to yourself, well, what's going to bring me joy today? Or in the nighttime reflecting on, well, these are the three things that, that brought me happiness and that I'm most thankful for today. It might be keeping a a gratitude jar and writing down things that have brought you gratitude over the week and dating them and then taking them out every so often and looking at them. Or a really, really um, beneficial way to practice gratitude is 
through thanking the people for what you you are grateful for about them or the things that they've done for you. So writing a letter to them, an email, sending them a text and being, I suppose, specific and telling them uh, what it is you love about them or what you're grateful for. Uh, it's a really nice thing as well to practice with your kids. I do it with my three-year-old. I ask her, you know, at the end of the weekend or at Christmas, we went around the table just asking what things that we were all grateful for and what she found, you know, the most pleasurable. And with her, it's going to be things like ice cream and spending time with our family. But it just goes to show, I suppose, it's the simple pleasures. Yeah, and I think if anything, the last year has taught people that, that it's not necessarily about the bigger, the better, the most expensive it's about the simple things in life in terms of your health, in terms of the people you surround yourself with. You know, that's really been shone to the fore over the course of the last year or so. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. And, you know, as we mentioned, I did a, had a 28-day wellness program for the month of January. And it's all about the simple things in life. None of it is hard. None of it is complicated. It's about things that we can introduce into our lives and make a habit out of that are really accessible and simple and that are proven to work. Okay, let's go through the next tip, cultivating moments of joy. Let's chat about that a little bit. Yeah, so this is linked to gratitude, but the research shows that if we plan moments of joy to lift us and to boost our happiness, our brain responds in the same way to just the anticipation of that event or of that thing as it does to when we actually do it or when we actually eat the ice cream, for example. So it's like a double whammy. If we can cultivate moments of joy for ourselves it will boost us twofold and you know there's nothing like planning something to cheer cheer yourself up especially during the pandemic when you know life can feel monotonous and it can feel like groundhog day so I'm a big believer in again it's the simple simple thing of planning a walk in nature at the weekend when you're not working or you know, my little girl loves dancing. So we'll have a little party at the weekend with just, just us. And, you know, it brings her so much joy. And then through watching her, we're laughing and giggling as well. So it's the simple things in life. It might be cooking a meal, you know, your favorite dinner on a Saturday night um, or planning a Skype call with your friends, uh, listen to a podcast. It's the simple things. Okay, great. Exercise is the next one. Obviously, from my perspective, I'm totally biased, but it's a classic one in terms of happiness because moving can improve your mood. Exactly. I knew you'd be uh, really interested in this one, Carl. So again, with exercise, it impacts our brain and it causes our brain to release endorphins and dopamine. So endorphins give us a high and they're euphoric. Um, They also help us to relax and they help with pain relief, whereas dopamine is the pleasure hormone. So both of these combine to help us to feel a boost of happiness after, you know, we've done the, the exercise, whatever the exercise is that we choose. You know, again, I'd recommend doing something that you enjoy, not forcing yourself to go for a run if that's not your thing. Uh, I love just going out for a walk with the buggy or, you know, for a walk with the dogs. Um, yeah, so time and again, research shows that exercise is excellent for us. And to add an extra element to it, exercise in nature has been proven to be more uh, to boost happiness more than just exercise say, on the treadmill in the gym. So if you want to to double those endorphins and to make yourself even happier to exercise in nature. Great. And the next one is really, it's become really trendy over the last couple of years. And it's great to see it on your list, which is meditation. Yes. So meditation is another 
thing. It's so simple. You know, you don't have to spend hours and hours doing it. And it's about cultivating a practice over time in a way that feels comfortable to you. So people often say, I don't have time to exercise. Or when I do it, it feels counterintuitive because I feel anxious. It's the type of thing that if you start slowly and if you give yourself time, you will start to notice the benefits. Even meditating for five minutes a day over a week, for example, will you'll reap the, the benefits and the re- rewards of that. Meditation, again, changes our brain structure. So it rewires our brain permanently. And the same area of our brain that's activated through gratitude and that's responsible for our happiness, the prefrontal cortex is also activated through meditation. So it gets us feeling really positive. It helps us to feel calm. It lowers stress. It lowers the stress hormone cortisol. It boosts our happiness, um, lowers anxiety, depression, all the good stuff, I suppose, that it does for us so it helps with physical pain and also helps us going back to our relationships to feel more connected to feel like we're in more meaningful authentic relationships which again will boost our happiness okay great uh practicing kindness i love this one again it's a simple free thing that you can do by just being kinder and practicing it, it can you know you can feel happier too exactly i love kindness i talk about it a lot as well because it's so simple you know back when I was heavily pregnant I'd say I was about 36 weeks pregnant I was walking down Grafton Street and I was it was during the time where things had opened up a little bit so I was going to meet my friends for coffee and a total stranger stopped me and just said you look gorgeous and at 36 weeks pregnant you know that is the furthest thing that I felt but just that simple act of kindness from somebody really boosted not only my day but the next couple of weeks you know until my little girl arrived and the research shows that if we practice kindness, whether to ourselves through self-compassion or to other people, you know, that it boosts our happiness and the other person's or simply by witnessing an act of kindness that boosts us too. So if you ever notice, if you're watching TV and you see something really lovely, like in the Late Late Toy Show when they bring out, you know, um, the child's favorite person, you feel all warm and bubbly inside. That's because we're we're witnessing that kindness, and it boosts us up and lights up our brain in the really positive ways. Okay, great. We've two more social supports. The next one we kind of touched on it in terms of relationships, having that social support, and even you know, work thinking outside the box to get it in these challenging times. It is important to keep you happy. Exactly. So at the moment, when we are feeling more isolated than usual. It's by thinking of ways that we can stay connected and feel connected to the people that we love. The ways I do it is, you know, I don't often have time to myself with two little girls, but I'll go out for a walk with the buggy and I'll stick my earphones in and I'll send a voice message to my friends. And then I'll listen, you know, the next time I walk back to their reply or I'll give someone a call. Uh, Zoom, you know, I attended a gorgeous Zoom Um, baby shower over the weekend and that really lifted my spirits so finding novel ways to connect with people that are safe to do so at the moment I was even thinking of organizing a zoom call for my three-year-old and her friends recently number one just to get some time where she's focused on something but also because I knew it would really boost her Um, so you know research shows that we're 12 times more likely to feel happy or to feel 12 times happier through having social connection with people and our brain releases oxytocin which is our love and and trust hormones we feel bonded and connected to people when we are 
connecting with them. And this again leads to our happiness. It helps us to feel um, more self-worth. It helps us to feel more life satisfaction. And yeah, it gives us the lift that we all need at the moment. That's for sure. And the final one, again, very trendy over the last year or two, journaling, really crucial. Yeah, so journaling is another thing that the benefits are huge if you take the time to do it. It's not necessarily do, forcing yourself to do it every day, but it's sitting down. And if you can focus on practicing gratitude through journaling or focusing on positive um, emotions and writing about the how you're feeling or processing your emotions or processing tra- trauma that you've been through, all of this has been proven to to boost our happiness, to lower levels of anxiety, depression, stress, again, lowering the level of the cortisol, our stress hormone um, in our body. Um, And it's a simple way that we can, I suppose, look after ourselves from the comfort of our home in private and we can fit it into any part of our day. I also love, I suppose, it's great to help you achieve your goals or the things that you that are important to you which again contribute to our feeling of satisfaction and purpose so writing down your targets for the week or the things that you plan to do to lift you yourself um writing down the people that you want to connect with if you want to send a little gift to somebody to boost their mood for your act of kindness writing them down means that you are far more um likely to do it folks there's no question about it we all want to be happier in these tough times you've got seven really simple steps there that dr campbell has given you to make that happen Claudia, if people want to find out more about you where can they find you give us your instagram handle you'll find me at the wellness psychologist where i share lots of simple strategies to help boost your well-being help boost your self-compassion help you to speak kindly to yourself i talk a lot about anxiety you know, ways you can manage anxiety, how you can lift your mood if you're feeling depressed. Um, yeah, and there's lots of little nuggets there that are free to access, um, including the 28-day wellness program that I just recently shared. Amazing. Dr. Claudia Campbell, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Folks, I really hope you enjoyed that. Really simple steps to improve your happiness. We could all do a little bit more of that right now. As ever, we're back next week with more Real Health. And don't forget to follow us at CarlHenryPT on Twitter and on Instagram. And we'll see you next week. Slow and Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.